Okay, welcome into the latest edition of the Lima Land Hoops in History with myself, Matt Childers. Great to be with you again here on Season 2, Episode 2 of Lima Land Hoops in History. Joined tonight uh, with my good friend Jason Geyser and Coach Kevin Sensiball of the Spencerville Bearcats. Great to be with you guys. Uh, should be a interesting show tonight. We'll uh, talk a little college hoops with the national, I'm sorry, with the uh, Big Ten uh championship game this weekend lucas oil stadium high noon saturday it's the buckeyes and northwestern talk a little college football playoff we'll talk buckeye hoops as they're literally playing as we uh, record this uh, via zoom uh, and then uh, get into some high school hoops lots of stuff going around uh, with high school hoops and uh, the landscape thereof so we'll look forward to that as uh, we uh, begin the program uh, right here lima land hoops in history Beginning the program, we'll welcome in Mark Triplett uh, in uh, just a handful of minutes here. But uh, before we get started, welcome in Jason, Coach Sensible. Coach, Jason, how are you this evening? Doing very well. Thanks for having me. This is, uh, this I think, is going to be fun. I love talking hoops. You know it. Uh, I see you're coming from the walk-in closet, and my background is the Alida Fieldhouse. So, uh yeah. Yeah, your, your place is a little a little bigger than, than ours, I think. And obviously pre-COVID because there's actually a lot of fans <laughs> in my background right. there. Yeah. Jason, how you been, man, on this first uh, kind of maybe the second snowy day of uh, our uh, year here in uh, 2020 uh, as we tape this? Yeah, real good. We uh, didn't have school today in the Shawnee District, so I got my kids outside and threw some snowballs at them and, you know, Made some cocoa afterwards, just your, your kind of typical day. You try to make some memories for your kids, right, even though you may not want to drag on outside in the 30-degree day in the snow. Good for kinda, you. That's what you signed up for. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Good for you, man. Hey, uh, let's do this. Uh, let's talk a little. Uh, the Michigan week uh, we talked about last week that wasn't uh, Buckeyes uh, with a uh, cancellation Michigan week that uh, they didn't play, so they had a full two weeks off going into this week. And uh, I was looking at uh, my good buddy, Mark Ray, his Buckeye Sports Bulletin and his editor's notebook. And, you know, I was going to, you know, lead it off and say, you know, if you watch Northwestern play Illinois and they ran up 411 yards, um, Mark Ray says, don't expect that from Northwestern against the Buckeyes. Buckeyes given up only 95 yards per game. But, Jason, you follow this closely. What what do you anticipate taking place uh in the championship game for the Big Ten this Saturday? I don't love having another week off, if I'm being honest. There's There's been a little too much of that. Um, so I could see it kind of being slow going, getting their footing maybe. Northwestern's defense is, you know, kind of the strong suit of, of that team. So maybe it takes a while to get their footing. And, and in the end, I mean, what did we see? Was it last year or the year before against – one of these teams, Wisconsin or Northwestern, where it was just such a slow start, and you thought, man, they might get beaten this game, and then it ended up being like a three-touchdown game in the end. I could see something like that, you guys. I mean, is that does that sound out of out of the realm of that, possibility? That's right on the line. It's like a twenty and a half point favorite. That was uh, the Buckeyes were installed as the early favorite there. That's the opening line. So, uh, sense have you uh, had a sense of? Uh, the Buckeyes this year, I know you and your boys love to watch uh, all kinds of sports. Uh, what have you seen with the Buckeyes? What would you anticipate happening Saturday in this game? Well, I, I think the Buckeyes, to be quite honest with you, I, I don't think they're as good defensively as as they've been in the past. I mean, I think, you know, obviously 
offensively, they're ridiculously explosive. Um, you know, they've got some of the greatest receivers in the country. They've got a great quarterback. He's he kind of you know runs the whole show. But defensively, um, you know, I don't know. They they they've been up and down. I think you know, like you've seen early in games, they play pretty well, yeah. and then late in games, they they have a lot of lapses. I don't know if that's a, a product of being young or inexperienced at those positions. You know, that they've had to replace a lot of great players lately, but defensively i'm not all that impressed with them to be honest so i I don't know we'll see i although you know i don't think northwestern's got the talent to stay with yeah uh it's uh lima land hoops and history podcast jason geyser kevin sensible with us uh here for the uh the balance of the show and we'll visit with mark triplett here coming up uh in just a heartbeat uh just uh looking at uh justin fields quarterback player of the year uh jason uh for the second straight year uh, a lot of awards being handed out both by the media and by the coaches in the last couple of days. Uh, I just feel like it's been a lack of rhythm and a lack of ability to just keep things moving forward with the stops and the starts for the Buckeyes. Uh, but I certainly uh, I certainly appreciate uh, what the football committee has done, putting them in the four slot and knowing that if they do win this game, uh, they, they would be in the uh, college football playoff. Yeah, we could just rename the Big Ten Player of the Year or Offensive Player of the Year and Quarterback of the Year the fill-in Ohio State's Quarterback Name Hero Award. Is that the eighth straight? Yeah, that's who wins it every year. And, and, I mean, obviously that all goes back to recruiting, and this is National Signing Day, and they, again, just destroyed the rest of the Big Ten, I think finished second in the nation there. Um, So, yeah, but more to to your point, I think the committee knows that. They know where this team finishes in the recruiting rankings every year. They know what this team is capable of in small glimpses every other week when they finally get out there and get a chance to show it. So, yeah, it just seems like that they're set on if Ohio State continues to win, Ohio State will be in one of those two semifinal games. I don't, most years I'm kind of nervous about that. I, I feel like I should be nervous, you know, with a small uh, body of evidence this year and the fact that so many people, I mean, Dabo and, all these other boneheads nationwide are, are just picking a fight with them over the number of games they've played. But I, I just I don't feel like the committee's biting. I feel like they're pretty set that this is a team that they want to see yeah. in one of their games. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. We'll talk about the college football playoff coming up a little bit. But uh, why don't we do this while we've got uh, Coach Triplett joining us. Uh, we'll have him join the program. And let's talk a little high school hoops first. Uh, come back to the college football playoff. Uh, I know... Uh, like uh, many nights, uh, Coach gets a chance to be at home with his family, and uh, they're uh, uh, happy to have him there. Last night uh, at Lapham Gymnasium, the Shawnee Indians uh, beat the Perry Commodores 77-47, to uh, and it was the same in both halves. Uh, a 15-point win in the first half for Shawnee, 38-23, to finished the game 77-47. to Coach, man, welcome to the podcast. Uh, always great to talk to you. How you doing tonight? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, what uh, What'd you learn about your club last night against a, a pretty good Perry team uh, that will uh, win a lot of ball games? Yeah, I think that the key for us was coming out and matching their physicality, their energy to start that basketball game. Uh, we we kind of challenged our guys that um, we didn't feel like we got off to great starts against Liner or USB. And um, we, we said this is a team that you're going to have to really – respond to their energy and their effort early on in the basketball game. And um, I, I thought our guys came out and, and kind of threw the first punch in that perspective. And I was proud of how they were engaged on both ends of the court. Yeah. 
I had you four of ten in the first half, which is just fine from threes. Uh, but then you went on a run at one point uh, where it was 42 to 27, and it ended up being 59 to 27. You hit six of seven threes. Uh, what uh, what was the uh, 17 to 0 run uh, fueled by? You know, I think it's easy to say that the ball started going through the net pretty well, but I think more importantly, it was defense. You know, we got out in passing lanes, we gave them one shot. They, they were contested shots. Um, I thought our defensive energy was was terrific during that stretch in the third quarter. And the third quarter has kind of been our money quarter so far this year. You know, we've come out and played really well, and I've been, I think, a little bit more engaged in the half court defense. And, um, I think that's where it always starts for us. If, if we do what we're capable of doing on the defensive end of the floor, I think we get that transition game going. I think that's where we really thrive on the offensive end. Yeah, you got a lot of contributors there uh, throughout the program uh, that uh, took place last night. But George Mangus, once again, leading the way with 31 points. Uh, how would you uh, assess his play, the Division Two Player of the Year so far this year? George is averaging 30 points a game, and I think that's what typically gets talked about with him. But um, George is a terrific defender. I think he's a willing passer. I think he's, he's done a really nice job, sometimes more than our other guys, of, of feeding Tyson on the inside when Tyson's got his man sealed. And, um, and I think just George, the way he, he gets better every single day in practice is, is really what's special about him. You know, With the way he's scoring, you know, you think he, he could take some days off and – and do kind of what he wanted and relax a little bit. But he's that same type of engine every single day in practice, and I think that's key for our success. Yeah. Jason, go right ahead. Hey, Mark. I want to go back to you talked about your defense. And the thing that amazes me, I I mean, I'm I'm a highlights guy, you know, a TV guy. If I was an X's and O's guy, I'd probably be doing what you do. So uh, I'm interested in how do you play that style of defense and turn the other team over so much without it affecting what you do? I see so many teams that want to press and want to force – turnovers but then the game gets real frenetic and it doesn't feel like anybody's in control it never feels that way with you guys it feels like you guys turn the other team over and then are in complete control at the other end i think it's a lot to do with our kids you know they they love playing with each other they're they're with each other all the time they have a really um a feel for each other and comfort zone on the offensive end of the floor um i think that that our style is we want to be us. We want to play our game, and we want to force other teams in, into playing in an uncomfortable style for them. And you know, I, I, we always tell our guys to be ready for whatever on our offensive end. What teams throw at us, we can't control. But what we can control is the way that, that we do things, and we play with energy and we play with effort on the defensive end of the floor. I think by getting stops consistently, we can go down and do what we do well on the offensive end of the court. So, I think it's just more than anything a focal point on on being us on both ends. And it further amazes me, Mark, that it's been three years now with three different point guards keeping this team under control. Yeah, I think that's a, a credit to our kids in general. The, the atmosphere that, that we have in practice every day is very competitive. We have a group of guys that don't settle for anything less than, than the best effort. I think that um, the young guys, they see that. You know, it, it was Justin Banky three years ago, and it was him pushing – you know, the, John Barker and pushing Brady Wheeler. And then last year, you know, it's, it's Brady and Bark. And, you know, now it's it's Brady and Toby, you know. So it's it's that same philosophy every day that, hey, I, I want the hardest guy that you go against all year long to be our guy in practice every single day. And I think that if we can continue to to push each other like we have been, then I, I think that's where a lot of that success comes from. Yeah, indeed. And those point guards uh, controlling the ball you had, I had unofficially, 
uh, seven turnovers in the first half and then only three in the second half uh, where uh, you won uh, the second half again by uh, 15 points and 15 points in the first half. So uh, a really, really good effort. Uh, you turn around, you, you, you make that move, and then uh, it's right back at it uh, this weekend. Uh, tell us about what this weekend and, and the next couple of three games look like for you. Yeah, you know, it's it's fun for kids. You know, it's, it's hard as coaches to try to, to get all these scouting reports ready. you got six games in 11 days, basically. But yeah. kids love that. They absolutely love it. And, you know, this weekend we go to um, a Defiance team that, that I think is playing really, really well. You know, they, they, they started five seniors last year, and obviously we saw them in the district finals, and that was our last game before shutdown. So, um, you know, I didn't really know what to expect from them. They had one kid on their, you know, depth chart that I thought played significant minutes was the Shaw kid was their backup point guard and that CJ Zacherts who's now senior for him um he kind of played some minutes off the bench when they needed some offense and um shoot man they, they have five sophomores that are playing varsity basketball three of them are starting for them they shoot the ball really well um they have some size and athleticism and for a team that graduated five senior starters I've been really impressed and they go out first game of the season and, and defeat but I think it's going to be a really, really good Finley team and uh, beat them by 10. And um, they lost to a good Rossford team when we scrimmaged and um, they lost another one in overtime. But I've been very impressed. That, you know, it, I don't think the apple dropped too far from the tree there with Coach Lamb. Yeah. It's over and, and they look like defiance. And that's a credit to that system and a credit to their kids and their coaches. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, they lose uh, their five seniors. They lose their veteran coach uh, in Kirk Lehman, but uh, they're replacing him with son uh, with with uh, another coach Lehman, uh, indeed. All right, uh, just get uh, get you out of here on this. Your, your thoughts on the WBL so far. It looks like St. Mary's is a very good team. They'll play OG this week. It uh, looks like uh, OG will be very good again, although LCC went up to uh, the Supreme Court and got a nice win on Saturday evening. 69 to 65 what what do you see at the what what do you see in the wbl yeah i mean Otto glandorf's lost one league game in four years so obviously Otto glandorf's going to be right up there and i think with the williams kid and the parks kid at st mary's you know that's two big pieces from a team that i think went 19 and four last year so we we knew that you know, OG and St. Mary's are going to be really, really good. Um, I think Owen Treese is one of the best scorers, not just the league, but in, in the state of Ohio. That kid can can go off on any given night, and I've seen him you know, go for 30 in, in his sleep. You know, he's just a really, really talented kid. Um, and, and then I really like, you know, some of these other pieces. You know, Kenton's got two, two of the better players in the league that haven't been playing, and you know, their scores are look good right now. But when you get Eversol and Cornell back, Cornell's a four-year varsity starting point guard in the Western Buckeye League. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And I, they're going to be a, a team that's going to be a tough out. And, um, I've been impressed with Bath. You know, Bath has battled LCC twice. He's a really good basketball team. And yeah. um, those guys that have been playing varsity basketball for them for the last you know, several years are now juniors and upperclassmen. And I think they're confident. So um, I, I really think that any given night in the Western Buckeye League, I've been impressed with Walmart with a first-year coach. And, uh, Salina has been competitive with a first-year coach, and you know that Denny Thompson's going to coach up a lighter. So I don't think there's any freebies in the Western Buckeye League this year. Yeah, indeed. Coach, man, always a pleasure. Uh, look forward to talking to you soon. Best of luck. Congrats on the win last evening uh, against the Perry Commodores. Look forward to talking to you soon. Hey, thank you, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. All right, uh, Coach Mark Triplett uh, joining the program. Shawnee Indians, uh, they've been on a uh, – 
winning streak that uh, probably the likes of not many uh, in West Central Ohio over the years uh, as they ended the program at uh, uh, with a, uh, uh, what, 25-0 and last year and then uh, off to an undefeated start this year. Uh, this year. I'll, get, I'll go Jason first and then Kevin Sensible. Oh, I think that was 31 in a row last night, unless I lost count somewhere. Uh, what do you say? We're going to be looking all year for new ways to sing the praises of this shiny team, I think. The one thing that I keep looking at is the schedule picks up in the new year, and I can't wait. And that's no offense to who they've been playing. I mean, Perry's a really good team, but they're a really good Division Four team. You know, that's yeah. a that's a big difference in size. And, you know, you see on this early part, you see Marion Local's always very good, down a little this year so far. But Coldwater's been in the regionals just, what, two years ago. And LCC's on there. But these are all a step down size-wise. And come January 15th, as I'm cheating and looking at the schedule right now, you've got a run of St. Mary's, Dayton Dunbar, Owen Treese and Van Wert, Lima Senior, OG, Finley, Coach talked about Kenton, and Trotwood Madison. Wow. What was that? Seven, eight straight? Where, boy, he's right. No gimmies once you get into that stretch. Yeah. Man, that, that's really good information there for sure. Uh, I had I had written down that uh, LCC will play Lima Senior on the 15th of January, and then Shawnee will play uh, uh, Lima Senior on the 23rd, and uh, on the uh, 29th it's Shawnee and OG. That game will be at uh, the Supreme Court. Uh, as last year, Shawnee won that game uh, at Lapham Gymnasium. So, yeah, you're right. Coupled with all of that, uh, that's probably what they're pointing towards. But I was just incredibly impressed. I went with Coach Segerson, and uh, actually Frank Kill uh, came and met us last night at Shawnee, and I was incredibly impressed with how unselfish Shawnee is and how they move the ball and they get it to the open guy. Uh, Coach Sensible, you've seen them over the years, uh, the last three years, what what are your thoughts on Shawnee? Well, I, I may not be a very smart coach, but I am smart enough to get them off the schedule because <laughs> we played them last year, last two years. Oh, my goodness, they are good. Um, yeah, they, they're just, you know, I, I think they are unselfish, and I think that all starts with your best player. And Mangus is a great, great scorer. He can score in so many different ways. But he's not just a scorer. He will pass the ball. He's a good passer. His basketball IQ is incredible. Um, you know, from what, you know, I, I obviously I know Coach Triplett, but I also know uh, Nick Berkey very well. And from what Nick has told me, he's just a tremendously hardworking kid. And so when your best player is unselfish and he's your hardest worker, great things are in store. And, and obviously you're seeing the fruits of that right now. But um, they're, they're just so talented and they – you know, I, I was listening on the radio to the to the Perry game last night when they went on that run and made all those threes, and it wasn't Mangus. You know, yeah. it was Elwer. You know, when you got a big guy that's a stud on the inside that can step out and make threes, and Jaron Berkey can make threes, and the yeah. Wheeler kid can make three. Everybody can shoot. It's yeah. like, it's. I mean, you know, you got to. I just don't know how you would, you know, how you would go about defending them because yeah. if you don't concentrate all your efforts on Mangus, he's going to kill you. But if you do, the rest of the guys will kill you. So they're just, they're just, that's why they're as good as they are. That's why they won 30 whatever in a row. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, Kevin Sensible, Jason Geyser, Lima Land Hoops and History. And we were talking um, some high school hoops. Let, let's segue back uh, real briefly uh, with, uh, we wanted to get Mark Triplett in there. He had, he had his kids to put down. He, he obviously didn't put them down uh, 
They're, they're, you, you can know, hear them. Yeah, I loved it. I love I it. it. I love it. You have kids. Uh, you you can't wait for uh, to get home and see your kids. And Jason was just talking about the snowballs that they were having. So it was awesome. Uh, we thank Coach Triplett for being a part of the program. And uh, that portion of the program brought to you by our good buddies at Westgate Entertainment Center. Uh, they have a great package for you. It's Goodbye 2020 Party, Hello 2021, and it's all about bowling. You can get uh, six people in your lanes for just uh, under $50. Uh, we have six people, shoe rental, all of that, all the good pizza and pop and all of those good things at Westgate are additional. But uh, for $49.95, you can uh, start at that number at Westgate Entertainment Center. Goodbye 2020 party and hello 2021 I, I i'm guessing everybody's in on goodbye 2020 uh yes. for uh what we're doing here uh coach uh sensible let, let's just go back real quickly to the college football playoff and uh we talked about ohio state and the championship game this weekend that'll take place over in indianapolis lucas oil field 12 noon fox uh will be carrying that game buckeyes installed as a 20 and a half point favorite uh, but you go to the CFP, and uh, really you look at it, and it's the usual suspects. It's Alabama, it's Notre Dame, it's Clemson, and Ohio State. And Ohio State plays this weekend, they should be in. Clemson and Notre Dame, they'll play. All the anticipation is is that they'll both be in. But uh, if you see Clemson lose twice to Notre Dame, do you think they're deserving of being in that top four, or does somebody else sneak in? I don't see how you can put a two-loss team in there. I mean, I, that's that's never it's never happened before. I don't think so. I don't know why it would start now. Now, you know, I, I did hear a bunch of uh, you know some of the talking guys on the radios t- this morning on my way around town, and they were saying that Ohio State hasn't played enough games to be deserving of being in. And that to me, I you know, not because I'm an Ohio State fan, because I really don't care about college football that much. You know, I'm into basketball now, but. Um, I, I don't see why you would keep them out. I mean, you know, when, when you have college basketball season, different teams, um, you know, not everybody plays the same amount of games in college basketball. So you might have a team that plays 34 games. You might have a team that plays 29 games. Does that mean that the, the team that has only played 29 games isn't as deserving? Mm. No, it doesn't. I, I just think you look at, who, you know, you look at who you think are the four best teams in the country. And, you know, right now, as it sits, if Ohio State wins, they're one of them, period. If they don't, they're out. But if they win, they're in. I I don't think there should be any question about that. Yeah. Uh, Good thoughts. Uh, Jason, your thoughts on that? Coach brought up the two words that everybody focuses on. You've got to focus on for best. It's not for most deserving. Because how do you pick for most deserving? Now you're going to, you know, you're going to, in a sport where everybody doesn't play everybody or even come anywhere close, uh, that's that's a different task, but you can look with your eyes, and if you're watching every week, the I mean, just pick the dozen that are in the running. Let's be honest; you don't have to look at the whole top 25 to <laughs> find the four best teams. Right. You can figure right. out pretty earlier in the season what dozen you need to pay attention to. You use your eyes, and you find out who the four best teams are. And people are going to complain about that, but people complained about the computers picking it back in the BCS, oh, and yeah. now they didn't like the voters picking it back in the 80s and early 90s, and now they don't like a committee looking with their eyes and picking the best. So nobody's going to be happy unless your team's in all the time. Uh, I, mean, I went to Ohio State. My team's in all the time. I don't have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're Ohio State uh, and you get in, would you pref- who, who of those three that we just talked about, Alabama, Notre Dame, and Clemson, 
Who would you uh, most likely want to stay away from in that first game? Ooh. Yeah, I, I'm thinking Clemson. That's a good one. You're thinking Clemson. Yeah, I, I do, yeah. And the only reason I would say that is because Ohio State has shown in the past that the spread offense is is the one offense that can give Alabama problems on, on their defensive side. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. If you, you know, you've seen teams like Michigan State when Michigan State played in the Final Four and they tried to run the old, like, you know, line up in the eye and, and run it at Michigan State or run it at Alabama. And Alabama I mean, it wasn't even. It wasn't even fun to watch. Yeah. But when Ohio State played him, when Ohio State won the national championship, you could tell that the spread, you know, it kind of neutralizes some of their athleticism. So I don't know. I, I would think I would think Clemson's going to be really tough to beat. But here's here's what I think too. Throw this in there. If Clemson does get beat and they have two losses, Cincinnati should be the team that gets in in play in their place. Yeah, because we've already seen Alabama kill Texas A and M or beat them. Very handily. So that would be 1-4. It seems like the committee has spoken on Cincinnati, though. They moved them down after not even playing, Jason. Uh, So I I can understand the Cincinnati sentiments, but it doesn't appear that the committee – it appears that the Blue Bloods get in. If you went back and looked at the research of the college football playoffs since the Buckeyes won it in 2015, they beat Alabama and then they beat uh, Oregon, right? Is that uh, right? Is that right? Yep. It's been a blue blood uh, final four since the since the inception. Right. Well, and, and the problem with that is you, you and your group of five conferences never have a chance. Yeah, you're saying, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, not the power five, their, but the group of five. Right. So yeah. what's their incentive? You know, I, I understand that you're trying to win them all and everybody's trying to win them all, but don't you want a chance to play for a national championship? And like Cincinnati's case, they've been good for a long time. They're undefeated. They've done everything they're supposed to do, but they don't have a chance. Yeah. I think that's why it needs to move to more teams. I think. Yeah. I, 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 I totally agree with that. I think that if uh, Oregon didn't play Auburn last year and lose that opening game, that was way back in our memory banks, all the way back to 2019, August, Oregon doesn't play like a big headliner game. I think they played that in Dallas at Jerry's world. They would have been in the final four. So, Jason, final thoughts on the college football playoff? Yeah, I think my take on Cincinnati is that early in the season, all the talking heads and pundits were talking about how this isn't your standard group of five team. This is, boy, they've got the defense and the talent, and, and they, they are every bit for real, and then they stop playing. It's not their fault. I mean, they've just had – I feel like they've had as much COVID trouble as anybody. Uh, I don't know if it's with them or with the other teams, but they've had as many games canceled as anybody. Yeah. And – we sporadically see them anymore. And that just made it so easy for the committee to forget what they, how highly they may have thought of them early in the year and conveniently get that group of five team out of there, which I know is something that I mean, they can tell us all the way to the bank that they don't want to do that. But come on, they, they clearly don't want a group of five team in there. No, no, no. They made the problem. I mean, just, just make it a six or an eight team playoff. And I know people say, well, even the semifinals, like the Michigan state Alabama was not a very good game. The the semifinals have not been great, but, uh, and then people talk that, Hey, it's really tough for parents and the fan base to travel to three games. We'll have a home game for that one. You know, everything would add up to nine, right? One versus eight, two, seven, three, six, five, four, have that game be played at the home place. Uh, uh, that uh, is the home team, and then go from there. But I really believe that they've got to they've got to get to the p- 
point where that is. And by the way, it's, you know, they're looking for more revenue and that would add more revenue, I believe, to everything. The other thing is, is that unfortunately, the bowl games now are really pretty irrelevant. I mean, as much as I love the different bowl games, it just seems like they're more and more irrelevant because everything comes down to that, you know, final four. And then it comes down to the national championship game, which takes place, uh, on January 11th. So it's always like the second week of January. So yeah, I'd love to see it become, uh, at least six, if not more eight. And then you'd be able to find out, uh, it'd be more and more, you know, it started in the NCAAs with uh, Magic Johnson when they won it. I think they, he and Larry Bird played in the finals. There was only 32 in 79. Uh, and then they moved it and, uh, they got it to 64. And now it's 64 plus four. So, I mean, it can happen, and they can migrate that way. I hope they do it. Uh, I hope they do it soon. I you too. Uh, all right, so very good. Uh, wrap that up. Uh, how about a little Buckeyes hoops? Uh, as I believe it's tied right now. If we're recording this podcast on Wednesday evening, and the Buckeyes playing at Mackey Arena against Purdue, I think it's tied 22 all uh, in the first half. Uh, but your impressions so far, Jason, on Chris Holtman and the Buckeyes are five and zero so far. They play Purdue this week. And then they play UCLA in Cleveland at uh, the old gun, the old uh, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse is the new name for it. Uh, What are your thoughts on Buckeyes? So far, so good. I think that was my take last week, and nothing's really changed this week for me. It looks like so far tonight a pretty balanced scoring effort. I just popped up the the box score. Like you said, it's tied with Purdue in the first half. And, uh, I mean, I don't know that they've played anybody to to make me – fall in love with them yet. Notre Dame win was nice, but it's not like that's a ranked team or anything. Uh, I, I didn't love that Cleveland State game. Boy, that was that was a real dog. And, yeah. uh, you know, they're playing without their big man now. They, the whole story of the early year to me was, hey, they got a big man that can play, and we weren't sure that they were going to. And now he's out for who knows how long. Yeah, E.J. Liddell out with uh, an unconfirmed uh, uh, uh uh, illness uh, not related to COVID. So and he had the 17-point second half against Notre Dame, which he played really well. Buckeyes win that game, uh, knock down their free throws to take care of the Irish, and now they're into Big Ten play uh, early December. We used to have to wait till the calendar changed, but now with more Big Ten teams in, they're starting to play games in December, and then they'll play UCLA. And speaking of Cincinnati, I believe the head coach of UCLA now is Mick Cronin. Uh, they're five and one. They lost to San Diego State. Coach Sensible, uh, what do you think yep. of the Buckeye? What have you seen? You follow this really closely. You you you're a fan of Chris Holtman and uh, uh, the Buckeye program over the years. What what what's your thought? Uh, yeah, I am a fan of Chris Holtman. I think he does a tremendous job. Um, he's he's kind of brought a nice culture, you know, to the program. I, uh, I I don't think they're overly talented though. I mean, I, I think they're just okay talent wise. I think. Uh, without EJ e. Liddell, I would yeah. be shocked if they win tonight. I mean, I just that they they seem to struggle to score without him. Um, you know, they're not super explosive. They've got some experience. I like their you know the guards are experienced guards, but they're not you know they're not overly explosive. So I, I would I don't think they're I, I wouldn't count them as like hey they're they they're going to win the Big Ten. I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. I mean, I think they finish in the top tier of the Big Ten, but. You know, I think there are a few better teams out there. So um, we'll see. I mean, you know, obviously the, the season's young, and with everything going on this year, you never know. You never know what's going to happen, and, and who's going to have their players, and who's not going to have their players. And so, you know, 
who knows but but uh but you know like you said so far so good they're they're doing what they're supposed to do right now yeah indeed uh and you speak of other teams jason uh you know, uh, this weekend, Iowa will host Gonzaga, the number one team in the nation. Iowa's number three, and uh, that's a Saturday noon game. So that's competing against the Big Ten uh, championship game. So a little flipper on your clicker. Uh, that game will be on CBS. Iowa, really good. Illinois, very good. Beat Duke by 15 at Cameron. MSU's very good. Looks like Michigan's going to be pretty darn good. Rutgers not bad, Wisconsin not bad, and potentially Indiana. So uh, I, I, I agree with Coach that uh, there's not a whole I, – I do not see Ohio State finishing in the top three or four in the Big Ten. I, I think they're more a 5-6, but their defense usually h- hangs in there. What's your thoughts? you got Iowa at Gonzaga. Uh, you got Buckeyes playing UCLA. It would be a good weekend for the Big Ten. Well, I hadn't even looked ahead to see that Iowa-Gonzaga game. That's uh... – that's interesting. I don't think too many eyeballs that would be on the Ohio State uh, Northwestern football game are going to be affected by that one uh, out in Iowa City. And uh, man, where's Gonzaga? Seattle or something like that? I yeah, I'm know. sorry. It's at Iowa. So the game is at Iowa. Uh, they're hosting. Sure. Uh, so, you know, I don't think they're drawing too many eyeballs away. Uh, I haven't seen enough of the Big Ten this year. I know they're highly thought of in the rankings. I was a couple weeks ago, it was three, four, and five. And, and this week, there's. Seven of the top 25 are, are from the Big Ten. Uh, so I know the nation voters are pretty impressed so far. Uh, I feel like that number dwindles every year. Am I crazy that early in the year there's always seven or eight Big Ten teams in there, and by the end of the year it's three, and then there's about five teams that are sitting on the bubble? This Ohio State team to me, a coach mentioned the, the lack of just overall talent and explosiveness. This feels like a bubble or maybe that tier above the bubble type of team to me. That's that's just in a very short amount of yeah. time seeing them. That's kind of my thought so far. Yeah. Um, what do you what your thoughts, Coach? Have you seen? Uh, I saw I saw Iowa play a couple of games. Uh, yeah. You know they they're very strong. They beat North Carolina, a good North Carolina team. Um, really, really and they beat handily. Them pretty, pretty handily. I yeah. mean, it was right. It was like thirteen or fourteen, I think. Or, but they were in control of that game pretty much the entire time. They're just Luca Garza's a stud. Yeah. But if they can if they can make threes around him, they're going to be a tough out because that night when they played Carolina, they they lit it up from three, and and, and they have some good shooters. It's not like they you know it's not like they were throwing them in. They they do have. I mean, obviously they they're a well well conceived team. They've got a great big guy that you have to double, but they've got great shooters all over the court. And this new guy, I don't know where he came from. This Nunji guy, number two. I, I like his game. He's he's kind of athletic and big and long and versatile. And he adds a little punch for him. So they're good. They're the real deal. I, I mean, to me, it's it's Illinois, Michigan State, and and Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the those are the teams that are they're going to make noise. And as far as Ohio State goes, yeah, I, I like Jason said. I I think they're kind of like a. I see them getting into the tournament maybe, but I see it as like a nine eight seed nine seed. Yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, you you uh, once told me you went up uh, to see Tom Mizzo. Is that fair to say you went up to one of their practices? And uh, I, I've been up to probably five or six of their practices. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How how, how is Tom Mizzo? What's that uh, dynamic uh, like like in in a practice session? Uh, he's you know what he, when you watch him on TV, he's a pretty intense guy. He's that exact same way in practice. I mean, that's just he's he's extremely intense. He's very demanding of the players, but he's also um, he's also 
very respectful of the players, if that makes sense. I mean, I, I know a lot of people don't like the way he, you know, gets in guys' faces, but that's to me, that's not a big deal at all. Those guys love him. They respect him. He respects them. Um, he's trying to get the best out of them. They respond to it well. But, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's an intense guy. He's great in practice. I love it. Um, you know, I actually, it was the year, one of the years that I was there was when they were the preseason, like number one or two, Denzel Valentine was a senior that year. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they were practicing and going up five, five on five, and it was fun and it was intense. And he, you know, caught, gave him a break, and he comes over in the middle of practice and talks to our coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, shoot, yeah, hey, how's it going? You know, like, what, what do you guys think of our team? You know, like, <laughs> I half didn't want to answer because at the time they weren't defending very well, and I wanted to say, well, I you know, need to play some defense, but I didn't want to get, <laughs> get <him> mad. <laughs> That's great. That is great. Uh, that's a good insight. Uh, Kevin Sensiball joining us, coach of the uh, Spencerville Bearcats, and Jason Geiser, per the usual, uh, in my orbit, uh, good guys all all around. Um, guys, uh, just uh, interesting, before we break away from the Big Ten entirely, uh, reading in Mark Ray's uh, editor's notebook, just to harken back to the football piece, um, he, he said, uh, would you ever guess that Rutgers would finish uh, – ahead of Michigan ever, ever in the Big Ten, let alone lately in the Big Ten, as uh, Rutgers finished at 3-5 and five overall, 2-4 and four in the East, a full game ahead of the Wolverines, who were 2-4 and four overall and 1-3 and three against division foes. Jason Geiser, I'll finish up with you on the Big Ten report. Uh, Michigan, it seems like, according to the Toledo Blade, uh, Dave Briggs, who I follow on Twitter, that uh, Michigan did not have a very good recruiting day today, as you said. Ohio State was maybe number two in the nation football-wise, um, and that they they're not able to go to their go-to, which was always helpful for them in the coming into the state of Ohio and taking guys up north uh, that really solidified their team. And you can go back to Elvis Elvis Gerback and go back to Desmond Howard and so many great players over the years that went to Michigan. What do you think is going to play out there now that we talked about it last week with Jim Harbaugh? Um, it doesn't appear that Michigan is going to uh, make a quick decision here. But what, what what do you sense in the landscape of uh, Michigan football and Jim Harbaugh and how that's all played out? I, I, I feel like they need an injection of passion. And you would have thought he was that guy yeah. just from his demeanor and who he is. But it hasn't played out that way. I haven't seen fiery. I mean, other than him throwing a tantrum at that, at that game at the – horseshoe four or five years ago and getting fined for it yeah I, I i haven't seen much energy from him it seems like i'm no recruiting expert but i read about it and every opinion i read is that he's become a lousy recruiter that they're not putting the energy you have to put into it you have to want to recruit mm. recruiting's off get done with your real job or your your job that we all think of and then jump on a plane and go across the country and yeah. You know, go lose some 17-year-old kid and tell him that he's the greatest thing you've ever seen. And uh, recruiting, you got to want to do it. And it doesn't seem like he wants to. That being said, they finished. I, I, the 24-7 composite has them 11th in the country. That's not bad. I mean, that's not where Michigan should want to be. They should want to be top five or whatever. But yeah. uh, I feel like 11th for, for boy, it was looking bleak. I was thinking maybe not top 20 going into this year. They got a couple of guys at the buzzer today that – that I know they really wanted. I think they kept a kid away from Alabama. Uh, so, you know, maybe there's a little sunshine there. I fully expect him to resign. I don't think Harbaugh's going anywhere. I think I've made that pretty clear and more and more strongly feel that way over the last couple of weeks. So 
I don't know. I, do I think he's the guy to dethrone Ohio State? No, because the only guy that's going to dethrone Ohio State is Ryan Day when he decides he wants to go somewhere else. And even then, what's to say they don't have another great coach in line? Yeah, right. Yeah, good thoughts. Right. All right. Yeah, coach, you wanted to say? Yeah, no, I, I just I read something today that uh, there was a linebacker that flipped from Michigan to yeah. Maryland at the last minute. Um, you know, I don't think it has helped Harbaugh that there's always speculation about whether or not he's mm-hmm. going to be there. So that's not easy for recruiting. Yeah. Because you're constantly not just having to recruit the kids, but convince them that you're not going to leave. So, yeah, they, they've got a tough road. I mean, they're, you know, they're struggling. They and they, they what is it with a quarterback? Why have they never had a quarterback since he's been there? And he's, he's the guy. He's the, the guy. Right. He's the quarterback he, guy. Yeah, supposedly. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on. Didn't he have uh, uh, not Oliver Luck, but uh, um, I'm I'm drawing a blank. But the Andrew, Luck, yeah, Andrew Luck, yeah, he. You're right. Yeah. 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 Maybe the best quarterback uh, in this century in terms of coming out of, of college. So. Didn't have uh, to do a lot of whispering there. No, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, fair enough. Uh, all right, so hey, let's have a little fun with uh, Limeland hoops and history. Uh, Kevin Sensiball and Jason Geyser with us. Uh, some games, uh, you know, I saw Perry and Shawnee last night. Um, it was we just talked to Coach Triplett. It was kind of more of the same. Uh, you know, they're very, uh, they're they're kind of the uh, we called them the elephant in the room last night. Uh, they are the team in this area. Uh, a lot of senior laden uh, talent uh, and uh, folks that uh, really like to share the basketball and they went on that 17-0 run against I feel like was a good Perry team I think Matt Tabler's club is good they 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 could get it back to like at times like eight nine seven in the first half and they were able to you know uh, put some pressure on Shawnee but inevitably it was Shawnee so Jason what what have you seen so far uh, from the Indians well you're right about Perry this has all the feel of another Perry team like we've seen I mean for much of coach Tabler's recent history there where they are by far the class of the NWCC and a team that's going to compete with the WBL teams and the MAC teams that they've put on their schedule over the last couple of years and and still find a way to, you know, get to somewhere around 20 wins. Uh, Shawnee, like I said, the, I'm looking forward to them competing um, against some of these statewide teams and, and some of these upper echelon WBL teams in the second half of the season. Pretty excited to see that. Um, until then, this doesn't look like a team that has weaknesses until we find someone that can somehow show us one. There's got to be somebody out there that can find a weakness in this team, right? But you're going to have to be a state semifinal caliber squad to do it. Yeah, very good. Uh, Coach, I went up. I did the ball game uh, uh, Saturday evening uh, where I watched uh, Lima Central Catholic play Ottawa Glandorf. Uh, I think, Jason, you reported that the rivalry going in was like 37 to 35 all time. I think Dave Sweet and Bob Sagerson were almost, you know, even Steven for about 30 years. Uh, both have, I think, three state championships uh, to their resume. So, and Frank Kill's club's been down a little bit. He played two freshman significant minutes on Saturday evening late in the game with DeMar Foster, who's been their starting point guard. And then Billy Burke came in uh, because uh, Coach uh, had a disciplinary issue with one of the players. So he had a spot open on the front line. Billy Burke played very well, but I will tell you this, Coach Sensiball, uh, as I'm doing the ball game and then later on watching it uh, on WSN, came home and was looking at it, I'm like, well, LCC was up 65 to 57, and then all of a sudden 
Ottawa Glandorf has a shot at the buzzer to win the game or tie the game. They take a shot, they miss everything, goes out of bounds, LCC gets the ball and gets a foul, you know, and, and uh, Unruh makes two free throws. He played very well uh, up there. So all that being said, not an easy place to win at Ottawa. I'm sure Frank Kill was very pleased with what they did. Uh, and I would say that OG losing uh, Westrick, Shoemaker, and Alt, uh, and then go back a couple years and you lose Owen Heigel. Um, they've just been incredible for, you know, really the last several years. Uh, but all that being said, big win for LCC. OG, I don't think they're exactly the same as they've been, but uh, th- I thought I'd get your comments on that. Well, yeah, listen, anytime, you know, OG's always good. They're always going to be good. We know that. They've got, you know, every year they've got 30 kids in every class that want to play basketball for them. So they're going to be very good. Yeah. Um, That's a great win for LCC. I know LCC was, you know, they are younger. They're one of the few teams around here that are are pretty good, that are young. Most of the teams around here, I don't know if you've noticed, but like, you know, Shawnee, very senior late. Columbus Grove's another great team heavy seniors. Audeville's another great team, heavy seniors. Um, there's a lot of good seniors around here. I mean, you know, Kalen Etzler, I mean, you know, there's there's so many good seniors right now, and LCC's winning with some young guys. I mean, Unruh's not a senior yet. I wish he was, but he's not. Um, you know, the Foster kid's a freshman point guard that just looks outstanding, just so athletic and quick and fast. You know he's going to be a he's going to be a tough one for four years. I'd like to say he's fun to watch, but I have to watch him as an opposing coach. So that's <laughs> right. not much fun. Right, yeah. right. What but did yeah, you, no, that's a yeah. great win for them. Yeah. What do you think, Jason, of uh, of that win for LCC? I was surprised. I'll be honest. I did not think it would be. Uh, I thought it was a probably a ten point game going going in, and LCC got off to a great start. Um, they got up. I, I don't know if it was you know fourteen to two. OG shot the ball really poorly for for an OG team at home I think they were one of 11 to start the game uh just never got into a rhythm but I, I was surprised Jason what what were your thoughts oh we may have lost Jason there we may have to dial back in Jason uh, Geyser with a little bit of a uh, uh freezing yeah, I think you, were, you and I are in the same boat there I was I was thinking OG by nine ten was my yeah. Did we lose him again? I I think we lost him totally there, Coach. Hopefully hopefully he'll uh, dial back in. Um, yeah, I, I was surprised. At what what are your thoughts on uh, staying on the uh, high school front? Your thoughts, uh, Grove went into Crestview and won the other night uh, without a couple of players. And right. uh, Crestview had just beaten LCC, uh, a really nice game for Doug Etzler's crew. What what do you see in the Northwest Conference when you see Grove and Crestview play early and then that takes place, what took place uh, last Friday night with Grove beating Crestview at Crestview? Yeah, Grove's, Grove's really talented. Obviously, uh, you know, one of the one of the great players in our conference for a couple of years now has been Blake Reynolds. And, you know, as long as he's on your team, you've got a chance to, you know, to be really good. And he's just, you know, watching him on film, he's – continue to improve his game yeah they're just really good now um and they you know, the, the surprising thing was they weren't healthy and they still went in there and, and won so you know they haven't been healthy a whole lot yet they're like one of you know many teams that aren't really playing with a full deck of cards but to go get that win 
uh, on the road. That, that's a big one. So obviously, uh, they're the team to beat. They, you know, they were going to be the team to beat healthy, and, and so they're still the team to beat. So they, they're just so, so, so talented. I mean, you know, their their top two or three players are some of the best players in the area. You know. So they're going to be a tough out. I think there's no doubt that they are the favorites. And they've, they've always, you know, the last couple of years have been the favorites. That's not going to change. Um, Crestview's tough. Obviously, you've got to, you know, when you have a 6'8 Ohio State recruit on your team, you're you're going to be a pretty formidable team. So, yeah. obviously, they're pretty good, too. Um, yeah. Listen, Lincoln View is who we play this week. Mm. And Lincoln View has all seniors, and they are very good. Uh, they're undefeated that they, they just you know they they know how to play they share the ball they're well coached you know coach hammonds does a great job with them he always has but now they've you know they've got six guys that can put it in the basket i mean that's just it's they're difficult to guard so um yeah i mean you know even paulding paulding we played uh, our first game paulding's got some talented offensive players again yeah. seniors they've got yeah. a lot of kids that have played for a while and they can put it in the basket so uh, league's pretty good. I, I think the league's good. Senior laden, but it's good. Yeah, you you talked about the seniors. We talked about that last week about what a run this senior class has had going way back. Uh, you know, the freshman year, a lot of anticipation about this uh, senior class, and it's been a good one. It's it's really been oh, yeah. a good one. And and uh, I actually got a lot of that information from my good buddy Steve Mulcahy. I forgot his daughters are seniors. It goes all the way through. Uh, with uh, both women and men, uh, we talked about uh, Bath having uh, really good athletes uh, on the girls' side in their senior class. So, been a great senior class. Yeah, you're you're not you're looking at that Northwest uh, Conference schedule and going, man, this is not uh, necessarily what uh, we're looking forward to. This it's kind of like what we just talked about it uh, with the Buckeyes. You're kind of the Buckeyes looking at these four or five other teams that really look formidable. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, and and we've we've had such a difficult start with health issues and COVID issues, you know, like a lot of teams are having. But it's like it, it's it's kind of been a mess so far, and so dealing with that on top of you know the the, the you know the level of opponent that we play in our league, it's and, and you know our, our schedule's tough too. I mean, obviously we opened up the season with two MAC teams, and we only had four varsity players on our roster in those two games. So we had to bring up some JV guys and, you know, for COVID issues. So it was kind of a mess. So our schedule is really difficult. Plus, we've had some issues with health and COVID. So, yeah, it's, it hasn't been an easy road so far. That's that's for darn sure. Yeah, very good. Um, so that's Northwest Conference. WBL looks very good. Um, right. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, St. Mary's plays OG. St. Mary's goes to OG this weekend. we got Jason back with us uh, Talked a little Northwest Conference there, Jason, like we did last week. Uh, St. Mary's at OG. How good St. Mary's? They look pretty darn good to start the season, Jason. Yeah, they sure have. I'd love to be able to uh, clone myself and then take off Friday night so that both of me could be within about seven miles of road in Putnam County. Good point. Because St. Mary's at OG and LCC at Collider are, are two of the games of the night. Yeah. Uh, St. Mary's is real impressive. I, I went to that Wapak game in the second half last Friday. And boy, was it tied when I walked in at halftime or, uh, and St. Mary's or Wapak battled them, but you could just tell that once St. Mary's took control, uh, I left thinking it was over. Of course, I think they got up to 11 or, or 13, maybe early in the fourth. And I took off cause I had to get back and put the show together. But, uh, then the final was only three or four. 
so I, I think Walpox got some guys there. I think you're right. WBL might be now. Now it's look. Let's be honest. It's one deep. But but after that, I think you can go seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Uh, you're right. LCC plays at Kaleida. We had Coach Stuxley on the the radio this Saturday, uh, past Saturday, and uh, I tell you what. Speaking of seniors, he's got good seniors and his teams. His team's really good. Uh, Coach yeah, that's who we play Saturday night. You play, oh well, good. Yeah, you're like yeah, the hits just keep on coming, right? Right, right. We play two undefeated teams this weekend, but yeah, you're right. Kaleida's is another team that's very senior laden. Uh, you know that they're they're really good, really fundamentally sound. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They're big. They're physical. They just you know you're going to have to play well to beat them. Yeah, it's it's a it's going to be a tough road. Yeah. All right. So uh, lots to anticipate. There's a lot of good things happening uh, in, in our area regarding high school sports. Uh, this part, part of the program brought to you by our good friends at Westgate Entertainment Center. Goodbye 2020 party and hello 2021. Check out Westgate Entertainment Center online and in person at Westgate Entertainment Center. Okay, uh, real quickly, let's run through a few things here. Um, Browns-Ravens the other night, that was an incredible game uh, on Monday Night Football. And the Brownies come up just short but they're they're not the same Browns, Jason, that they were when they went one and thirty-one two years in a row. No, and I'm a cynic always, mm-hmm. but I'm a believer. Maybe I mean I'm not saying this team is going to win the Super Bowl, but I'm a, I'm a believer in what this team is doing, and I have not been able to say that maybe in my life. And I mean I was around for those '80s and '90s teams that were good. I mean a couple teams in the AFC Championship game, I believe. Yeah, uh, this. I really, man, did they finally get a coaching hire right? Thanks. So. Yeah. Okay. You know, they, they've built the team around the defense, and I'm a big believer in that. They've got their running back for the next several years. I'm not a huge Baker guy, but I think that Stefanski has found a way to make Baker as good as he's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is this is a team that I can't believe I'm saying. I can't believe I'm gushing about the Browns. I know. That's, that's so forward. I know. Uh, Coach, what's your thoughts? Same. I, I you listen. I, I am. I, I do like Baker Mayfield. I think he's. Um, I, I think he's uh, very, very serviceable. I don't think he's you know a top five quarterback. But you don't have to have a top five quarterback to be a good team. I think you're right. Stefanski is a great hire. He has done everything that he's needed to do to make to get the most out of Baker Mayfield. You know, the fact that they lost the game the other night was obviously a little disappointing, but. The fact that Baker Mayfield threw for 347 yards or whatever it was and two touchdowns, ran for a touchdown, took him down the field late in the game when they needed to score and scored. I mean, yeah. I, I was impressed. I, I loved every minute of watching him play. Nick Chubb's a stud. They've got – the offense, I think, is is solved. Um, I think my thing is trade Odell Beckham to get some defenders because obviously the back end of the defense with the linebacking crew and the safeties is not great. Yeah. If they can sure that they, they don't stop the run, if they can stop the run, they, you know, I, I'm not going to say they could win the Super Bowl, but if they could stop the run, they could really make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah. It, I, I think it's fun. If I, it's, you know, I, I'm happy for my Browns friends who have suffered so much to be able to watch something that's relevant and that's, entertaining and that's uh you know uh something that's on the line that afc though is really difficult i mean if you look at it from top to bottom 
Chiefs are really good. Steelers kind of fallen off. I think they had because of those postponements and so forth. They've kind of stuttered. Their running game's not very good. But you have Buffalo who beat the Steelers. You have uh, the Browns. You have Tennessee. You have the Ravens. And you have Indy. And I don't know if you're the Browns. I'm not certain which one you'd like to face. I, I think they did beat both Indy and the Colts, but that was, you know, regular season. So, Jason, wrap that up for us, AFC. Yeah, murderers row. I mean, boy, yeah, yeah. I don't think they're afraid of Indy. I don't think they're afraid of Tennessee. I think they now know they can play with Baltimore. Beating them is another thing, but they can play with them. Plus, I don't think this Ravens team is all that great. Um, super interested in that Steelers game at the end of the year. Really glad. I mean, not that I'm rooting against the Steelers because I don't care. I'm not an AFC North guy. But really glad they've lost a couple and come back to the pack. So maybe we get a chance to see something in that game. I was looking for a while like that was going to be one of those, oh, the Steelers aren't going to play anybody in that final game type of situations. Hoping now they do. We would like to see both those teams at full strength and not have to wait to the playoffs to do so. Yeah, very good. All right, that's a little look at uh, what's happening uh, on the NFL front. All right, let's uh, finish up on a little speed uh, session here, our toss-up. More likely, just some fun topics, more likely uh, this person gets their first national championship before the other, Ryan Day or Brian Kelly? Ryan Day. Ryan Day. Yeah. I'm not sure that Notre Dame is – I mean, I know they're good, and they beat Clemson, but Clemson didn't have obviously the best player in the country, so I, I'm not, I'm not sold on him yet. It almost has to happen this year if it's Brian Kelly, almost. Right. Right. Um, you know, and it could happen. They could play in the semifinal, or wouldn't it be great if they played in the final? If it was Ohio State Notre Dame, that that would be, that would be great for the Midwestern uh, fan base fun that, that we know. Uh, all right, uh, more likely to win their next Super Bowl. I think it'd be seven for both. Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? Ooh. Yeah, gross. Uh, Belichick, <laughs> just because I don't think either one of them is going to do it for a while, and Brady's a player, so his yeah. career, you know, his, his time is limited. Good. Yeah, Belichick coach longer than Brady can play. Yeah, that's where I'm going to. I don't think the Tampa Bay is good enough to win it this year, and if they're not going to win it this year. Brady gets older. I think you're right. Belichick's got a better chance. Very good. What if there are no more? There could very really be. Honestly, there could be no more. Neither one could ever win another at this point. That's yeah, Belichick's very possible. Forever. Yeah, yeah. And probably somebody would say, well, six is enough for either one. A six pack is good enough for a whole lifetime, right? Jeez. Yeah. yeah spread the wealth. All right, Jason. Uh, what? Uh, what? What? Uh, we'll finish up. Uh, what? What? What's on the docket here? for you uh, in our last uh, 30 seconds or so. What What's on the docket this week that you're looking forward to? Uh, well, if we're, if we're talking boys hoops, which I think we are, I, I mentioned those two games in, in Putnam County. There is a third in Putnam. Well, actually, geez, I, I'm looking at my list. I, I'm such a cheater. I pulled up my list here. Listen to this docket in Putnam County on Friday night. We talked to St. Mary's OG. We talked LCC Kaleida. You've got Paulding at Columbus Grove. Now, I'm not saying that's going to be a last-second affair or anything like that, but not too bad in the NWC. Lipsick, who's, I think, still undefeated at Pandora. Uh, Bluffton's not exactly Putnam County, but they're about a mile away. They host Crestview. <laughs> That's Boy, you you got a real short distance to drive in five or six good games. Yeah, indeed. Uh, hey, guys, uh, up against it, but uh, really appreciate your time tonight. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Coach Kevin Sensiball, Jason Geyser, sports director at your hometown stations, 
WLIO TV. Always a pleasure. Coach, best of luck the rest of the way, and uh, thanks for being a part of it. And Jason, thank you as well.